Good morning, family, and welcome to the fourth Sunday of Advent. Christmas is right around the corner, so let me remind you that I will have a Christmas Eve video for you at noon on December 24th to use however you wish in your Christmas Eve celebrations. Today, let's turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're getting closer and closer to the story of Jesus' birth, and this morning, we hear the angel deliver the shocking news to a man named Joseph. Do you know the baby's name? Well, actually, the angel said he'd have two names. Are you ready? Hear the word of the Lord. These are the facts concerning the birth of Jesus Christ. His mother, Mary, was engaged to be married to Joseph. But while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her fiancé, being a man of stern principles, decided to break the engagement, but to do it quietly, as he didn't want to publicly disgrace her. As he lay awake considering this, he fell into a dream and saw an angel standing beside him. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you shall name him Jesus, meaning Savior for he will save his people from their sins. This will fulfill God's message through his prophets. Listen, the virgin shall conceive a child. She shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel commanded and brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. Each gospel author begins the story in a unique way. Matthew is no exception. And Matthew gave us this amazing account of an angel whispering the good news to Joseph in a dream. Before that, in Matthew chapter 1, he gave us a 17-generation genealogy all the way back to Father Abraham. The genealogy continues up until Joseph. But then Matthew pulls a fast one. He shows this royal lineage before he tells us that Joseph was not the real father of the baby that we celebrate every Christmas. There are several noteworthy aspects of Matthew's version of the story. The first thing we should notice is that Joseph received the entire message at night. We're also told that during the night, an angel appeared to him and comforted him by saying, Don't hesitate to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. Now that's quite a mouthful, isn't it? It's a mouthful coming from an angel, a divine messenger sent from heaven to earth, a message that isn't expressed in human or earthly terms. The angel spoke to him in a dream, and his message did not correspond with Joseph's usual assumptions. The first thing to keep in mind as we approach Christmas is that Matthew describes Jesus as being outside all of our normal categories. Now, it's not our responsibility to explain this text. 
Instead, our goal is to be astounded by something that defies all of our expectations at Christmas. This child, the wonder, and the gift are meant to help us grow beyond ourselves. The second thing to notice is that the baby's biological father's absence is a scandal in this family, as it is in just about every other family, right? But that's not the point. Joseph was also on the verge of embarrassment. The twist is that the baby is from the Holy Spirit. And we can now put to rest all of the ridiculous speculation about biological transactions, and we can recognize that the source of this newness is the stirring of God's Spirit within us. In large part, the Bible reflects how God's Spirit renews things. In Genesis 1, it's God's Spirit, God's wind that blows the waters back in Egypt and frees our forefathers from slavery. In Genesis 1, it is God's Spirit, God's wind, who creates a new world, a new heaven, and a new earth. God's Spirit inspires prophets, apostles, and martyrs to engage in risky acts of obedience. But God's Spirit descended upon the disciples in the book of Acts and formed a bond of obedience and service. And now, when the world has worn us down, when our imaginations have run dry and our lives have come to a halt in despair, it is God's Spirit who brings something new. According to Matthew, God's Holy Spirit has sparked something completely new in the world. And God created this new child who will fundamentally alter our society. The angel gave Joseph two names for the child, which brings me to our third point today. Names were extremely important in that ancient society. The angel first instructed Joseph, you shall name him Jesus, meaning Savior, for he will save his people from their sins. In the Hebrew language, the name Jesus, or Yeshua, is the verb that means to save. On Christmas, imagine that we have a baby named Save. Save, or Savior. It's also the word for Old Testament prophet names like Joshua, Isaiah, and Hosea. Each of them in their own way saved Israel. And now Jesus will save. Jesus saves us from sin and guilt. Jesus saves from destruction and death. Jesus saves us from hopelessness and despair. And in every one of the accounts of Jesus that the church preserves and remembers, Jesus is the one who delivers or saves from sickness, hunger, and poverty. Advent is about getting ready, being ready, for the saving one who comes to us when we cannot save ourselves. Savior. That's the first name the angel gave. But the second name that the angel gave to the baby is the name Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. You see, we believe that God's definite presence in Jesus was responsible for the world's complete renewal. And we find all this evidence in the New Testament that wherever Jesus went, he helped people in need. The lepers and the blind, the lame and the hungry, the unclean and the dead, as well as those who were deaf, blind, or lame. Today, the church is made up of all those who have been astounded, amazed, and taken aback 
by the reality that God has come to be with us, both in our times of need and in our times of joy, through this miraculous baby. And his very presence makes new life possible. So, just before Christmas, Matthew begins to prepare us. He communicates with us in an unexpected way, through an angel, in a dream. And he named the child twice. And he also claimed that the renewal of all things is brought about by God's Spirit. God saves from all that kills, and he does it through a baby named Savior. But he also named the child Emmanuel. God is with us. Please remember, this story makes no demands on us. Instead, it invites us to be mesmerized, to be overwhelmed, to be amazed. This story makes us wonder why there is a baby named Savior when it appears that our world cannot be saved, right? Even though there is a baby named God is with us, our world and our lives frequently feel abandoned, don't they? As a result, we must be prepared for God's gift to contradict our lives and our realities. And we must look for Jesus to show up in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. Because of Jesus, because of Christmas, we can put our faith in the angel's new promise, and we can live in joy and with hope. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Coming Son of God, blowing Spirit of God, hovering Father God, we are very sure in these hope-filled days that neither life nor death, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depths, nor anything at all in creation can separate us from you and from your love for us. For this we are grateful, and we give you thanks for your gift to us. Father, we pray today for those who are vulnerable to illness and disease. We pray for everyone in pain. We pray for those who are tired and for folks who are uncertain and for those who need direction. We continue to pray for peace today. Lands and lives are scarred by war. Communities are terrorized by violence. Neighborhoods are torn apart by drugs and relationships are destroyed by politics. We need your healing. We desperately need your peace. We pray for those who are afraid, and we pray for peace for anyone and everyone feeling stress, pressure, and uncertainty. We ask today for justice. Fill us with your spirit to work for peace, to bring justice, and to offer grace and mercy. Forgive us for getting frustrated, Forgive us for losing hope. Help us to use words of peace. Help us to be safe places for those who are scared, apprehensive, and unsure. Help us to use words that heal. And now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you for joining me today.
I really do hope these words were helpful to you in some way. And if they were, will you like, review, and share this message? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and benefit from these thoughts and prayers. By the way, if you have a prayer request or a need, please leave a message in the comments section and then be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. And don't forget, I'll have a Christmas Eve video for you on December 24th. Now, this week, your job is to give the gift of love to at least three people. And make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love, and everyone needs to know that God loves them, no matter what. Right? Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now, receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen.